This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Oh, overtime looming. Rangers and Penguins tied 3-3 with three and a half minutes left in the third. It's uh, almost over in Florida. Panthers up 2-1 on the Capitals in the final minute. Predators and Avalanche about to get underway. Stars and Flames in half an hour. The uh, Blue Jays taking on the Yankees. It's 7-1 Yankees in the seventh. They got six on the top of the seventh. Aaron Judge hit a home run in this game. You may have seen the video already circulating on social media. A Blue Jay fan caught the ball and gave it to a Yankee fan who was wearing a Judge T-shirt, and the kid was astounded and then broke down in tears and hugged the guy. Pretty, beautiful pretty video. cool moment. Beautiful video. Pretty cool moment for uh, for that uh, young man and a nice gesture by a Blue Jays fan for did sure. You, did you say, sorry, did you say Rangers and Penguins could be going overtime? I hope so, I, because I, I if hope, I didn't say that, I screwed I, up. I, I might have been. I might Hold be able, on a second. Wait. We got a goal. Oh. Rangers four three with three ten left. They just okay. scored. Thank you for that. Did I you get an alert? I was no. I was going to say I was going to start my uh, which I love to do at playoff time. Do the uh, old school OT and pick the winners. I was going to pick uh, Brad Park and Dave Burrows, but <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. But the Rangers just scored. I'm glad you had so, to go back and check because no, they they uh, they scored while we were talking about the Aaron Judge. No old school OT All tonight. Right. Then. And by the way, sorry that Panthers game is the start of the third period. Start of the third period. Panthers up two uh, one on the Capitals. Oilers tomorrow, 6 o'clock face-off show game at 8 here on 6.30. Chad Morley Scott joining me inside the Elks locker room. The CFL draft is uh, ongoing. Okay, so Trey Ford goes eighth overall to the Elks. Quarterback out of Waterloo who could be a multi-use type player. What about the fourth overall pick for Edmonton, Enoch McConzo? Uh, you know, Chris Jones, we were just talking to Chris Jones upstairs after uh, after the first round, and, and he had he's kind of got the same train of thought on both players he took, is they're both so versatile. Both can play so many positions. Uh, the, the the fourth overall pick, McConzo, he's, he can be a DB, he can be a linebacker, he can play some safety. Uh, he, can, he can do it all, and you know, as well as we know, Chris Jones, that's that's a dream for him, right? Because he just loves to, to mix and match and move guys around. Uh, he's he's a good athlete, um, 6'3", 240. Uh, so he's, or, no, that's the wrong one I'm reading. He's not that big. <laughs> uh, he's he, he, around the football. Around the football, I think, which is which is key. Last year, 71 tackles in 13 games, 10 tackles for a loss, three forced fumbles. Uh, in 27 games in his career at Coastal uh, Carolina, 150 tackles. So uh, he's a guy who's around the bottom and plays, as I said, multiple positions. So uh, they're they're very happy to get him. It sounds like 
you know, and everyone says they had the guys rated much higher than than they took them, oh, of right? Course. But, but even it, the guy it, they picked first overall, exactly, the exactly. Like, we we thought he would higher. go last year. He was so good, right? <laughs> but uh, they I, I, they really like him. Chris Jones really likes him. He's a football player, is what Chris Jones said. And and so uh, yeah, they're I think they're pretty happy to get him. And I think because they knew he would be there at four is the reason they made the move and and traded away that that first overall pick because uh, it sounds like and he didn't say this, but it sounds like uh, they like. Uh, uh, Macanza better maybe than they like uh, Tyrell Richards. So I okay, don't know. Uh, are any Golden Bears going to get picked? Uh, should be Radim Brown. Should be uh, I would think the first one to, okay. to go off the board. Uh, Kazushka as well. Shackle maybe. There's 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 four who are who are kind of ranked and, and and have a chance to go. So okay, which uh, is which is a good segue. Yeah. Into my next done. guest. I'm done. Uh, I'm done. Pretty much. Really. I can't talk about you, Trey you Ford. You need to go to bed. I can't talk about Trey Ford. Well, we talked about him oh. already. Oh, that was before the news, right? We did yes. The, the quick hit. Uh, can I give you some numbers on him? Yes. Just to, just to show you, uh, six games at Waterloo, 1,400 yards in passing, 10 touchdown passes. He also ran for 667 yards. Yeah, that's and, amazing. And three more touchdowns in six games. Yeah. Right? Uh, uh, four, four, five, 40. That's fast call, right? Yeah, there you go. So uh, Nelson is here. That is Speaking fast. So and, and and again, I, I asked Chris Jones upstairs. I said, "Is the, the the rule change that allows you to get two quarterbacks on the field now at the same time? Did that make him more attractive?" And he went, "Oh yeah." Okay, so I, I, they're cooking something up that that they'll have some kind of package for Trey Ford if he gets here, when he gets here, because he's got some NFL workouts to do. For oh, him, neat. Right? Okay, so, yeah, perfect. So, that's it. Uh, Morley, it's great to see you. You too. I haven't seen you for a long time, Ray. It's good to see you. Yeah, next time I'll give you more time. I appreciate that. Well, hey, you got we Cole got a Nelson. player here, why Cole you, Nelson, who was uh, drafted fifth overall yeah. by the Elks last year. How, what's it like to be here now and watching other people pay attention to the draft and seeing other young men get drafted? I mean, I didn't think it'd be as stressful, but I'm just praying for my boys from the Bears to get yeah. hopefully come here and you know get drafted anywhere really. But I'm excited. Where, what What did you do for your draft night again? Um, I was just at home, just at the farm. Just chilling out? Yeah. Where's the farm? Uh, Pinoak, Alberta. Right. Yeah. And was there a family gathering? Did you lock yourself away? What did you do? Um, Just my brothers and uh, my girlfriend and my auntie. Just uh, just something small. Just a little relaxed. Don't want to get too many people there stressing me out. So it was good. Are your brothers athletes? Uh, my brother, my middle brother, Ethan, played basketball in uh, high school. He was pretty good at it. Um, went on to be a fracker, but, you know. Alberta oil life. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. So you're the you're the only pro athlete in the family. Yes, sir. Okay, so far. Yes, sir. So far. So how, how do you look back on your first CFL season? Obviously, it was a tough one for the team, but how do you look back on your journey personally? I mean, I couldn't have uh, went to a happier spot. I mean, local kid. I went been in green and gold since high school um, to the Bears to now. Um, and I'm super thankful for that. I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Um, I mean, it was crazy with uh, Corona. It was kind of a mess and trying to deal with all that pandemic and then new coaching staff and everything. So, but overall, I mean, my D-line coach got to know him really well and Coach Maxey's awesome and just keep developing as a player. And I got think I got better last year and progressed towards this season. What, did, what was the biggest change for you from youth sports to pro? Um, I think just the emphasis on being kind of crazy with maxi because i mean he's a super uh <laughs> we play we want to play mean and aggressive up front whereas i've been used to more of a controlled um attack on the d-line but with maxi he's just full send and i love it i gotta update something here cole uh apparently that rangers goal didn't count morley did you see this no so we, we've got back and forth uh, it was waved off there must have been a challenge. 
Uh, challenge for goalie interference. So I told you it was 3-3. Then I was all excited there was a goal. It, w- it wasn't a goal. So back to fourth. So, back so, to three, back three. To, so now you're, you can now make your I can do old school, so, old school OT. Who are your overtime picks again? Uh, old school OT. Hashtag old school OT. Uh, feel free to play along. I've been doing it for a couple of years. I get a couple of guys right. who play along. Feel free to play along, Reed, if you want to. Oh, sometime. you started it? I went uh, Brad Park for the Rangers and Dave Burrows for the Penguins. Hold on. You started a hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. Morley Scott started. Cole, can you believe this? I'm, I mean, all the kids are doing it, Reed. It's on the <laughs> Tweety Box. All the kids are doing it. More, you started a hashtag. Yeah. Well, you you know I use Twitter sparingly. I hear uh, that. And yeah. very, very boringly, which I'm proud of, quite frankly. Oh, good for you. Good for you. Uh, you're busy on the TikTok, though, aren't you? This is. Uh, I'm shocked that, that you started a hashtag. Hashtag old, old school OT. That's a Morley Scott invention. It is, I believe. Yeah. I've never seen anyone else do it. I, I don't want to take credit for it if it's not mine, but... Uh, oh, good. Oh, this goes back to 2019. I'm proud of you. There you go. Thank you. And, Cole, I'm glad you dropped by. Uh, awesome for you to be here with David Beard and mingling with fans and watching the draft. And I know we'll talk during the season, and I wish you all the best. Absolutely. Appreciate it. That's Cole Nelson from the Elks. And are, Elks aren't you going to give me your place. old school OT picks? Uh, uh, sure. Uh, <laughs> you don't have to read. Phil Bork, because I interviewed him a couple weeks ago. And uh, Dave Maloney. All right, works for me. Because they're both broadcasters now. Cole's, Cole's not old enough to play. <laughs> it, and it is now going to overtime. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, guys who could have scored old school o- OT, but looked like they could still play, Daryl Evans from the Kings broadcast booth when we get back. and Kings tomorrow here on 6.30. Chad, uh, while the Oilers were going through their optional skate today, I sat down with Kings color analyst Daryl Evans. Okay, well, Daryl Evans, uh, as we take in some of the Oilers' optional skate, first of all, good to see you. And uh, I enjoy following you on Twitter because you... uh always post interesting locations i mean you first of all you must be the fittest broadcaster in the nhl <laughs> you know it's it's something i make part of my routine uh it's my think time uh, a lot of people listen to music when they work out or run and things like that and it's it's my uh it's my own time it's a uh, time where i reflect on things and uh it's the way i manage my diet as well so uh, i like to eat a lot and i like my snacks i like my sweets so uh, burn a few calories every day and and when we're on the road uh i enjoy getting out and you know kind of getting a lay of the land uh, wherever we're at uh, get some great places to run and hike, uh, you know, whether it's along the water, running through the cities and things like that. It's just a great way to be able to see things. Now, was there a – did you keep in shape after you retired or did you have to find a point where you said to yourself, okay, I got to remain athletic and remain fit here? You know, when I first retired, I – I would work out, but I was more lifting weights, not as much cardio. I got away from the cardio. Uh, I was, uh, I really jumped into my job, and I was managing a Cadillac dealership at the time when I first retired. And so there was a lot of times that long days in the office, and uh, I got away from the, the cardio part of things. And then one day it, it hit me, I'd gained some weight, and... Uh, I said I need to make some adjustments with my workouts instead of you know working on the bulk of lifting. And I still had the appetite of an athlete. Uh, I never gave up eating like an athlete, but uh, uh, so I, I, I committed myself to getting into uh, 
early morning workouts because that way I figured I wasn't taking time away from my family and I was able to do it before the workday started and then I found out how productive I became at work through the course of the day and uh, it's been a tradition ever since so that's uh, it's been probably about tw almost 25 years now that oh. religiously every day that uh, I'm doing uh, I run a minimum three miles a day I've done that for 10 years uh, last year I did 2.2 mil million jump ropes uh, you know for five years I did 300 push-ups a day so I, I put together a workout now that I can do everywhere. I don't need a yeah. gym. Uh, I just take my jump rope with me and away I go. That's awesome. And you mentioned eating like an athlete, but these guys eat totally different than you did in your career. I'm guessing. Yes, they do. Uh, you know, the you know the education they have, the nutritionists that they have. Um, you know, they, they've learned so much. You know, the science behind the game today. Uh, you know, but but even now in saying that, you know, traveling like on the charter flights with the teams after the game. You know, you don't really need a meal, but you know, you feel like you've played just because you, you know, you've been calling the game. So you, you eat like an athlete again, and you don't necessarily need it. But uh, so you, you have to manage those little things. But today's athlete, I mean, all the uh, all the things that they have in front of them uh, to be able to have them, uh, you know, execute what they need to do at such a high level is incredible. And you know, I try to pick up or learn on, you know, from talking to the strength and conditioning coaches, the nutritionists, and apply it to my, you know, my everyday lifestyle a little bit. Uh, I'm not nearly as strict as uh, the players are though <laughs> well it's awesome that you that you keep it up and it's cool to see the shots of Edmonton whenever you come here of where you find a place to run or work out Daryl Evans joining us on Inside Sports so the Kings take game one and uh, you know I thought okay that's the Kings game plan and they committed to it and and executed it pretty well I mean sure it was a tense game but they got it done in the end yeah, you know, they found a way to get it done, and that's something that the team has is, is done, you know, pretty consistently over the last few months. Uh, you know, they've had a lot of adversity to battle through with injuries and things like that, but with the group that they have in place, they've found a way. And uh, one of the things that probably a common factor in the kind of turnaround has been, you know, the play of goaltender Jonathan Quick. Uh, he's been outstanding. He's playing at the level that, you know, everybody, uh, you know, has known Jonathan Quick to play at. And I, I personally, myself, I, I knew that that level was there. It's just once the team got more competitive, you would see that level uh, pop out, and that's exactly what's happened. But, you know, you, you look at the game, I thought the first period was outstanding. Um, you know, they gave up a goal late in the period. Other than that, it was, you know, you couldn't script a better period. Second period, things got away from them. They took some penalties, and uh, you know, special teams have been, uh, you know, a little bit of a sore spot for the Kings all year. So that, that's something they need to address moving forward. But they weathered the storm, uh, and then in the third period that, uh, you know, again, they took advantage of a, a mistake, but they forced a mistake because of the pressure they put on. So uh, I thought they played to their identity. They kept it tight, relied upon some big saves from time to time, and, and found a way to, you know, to get uh, two big points in, you know, game one in the series. Yeah. You know, the, the Todd McClellan angle is... Uh an interesting one because he's going against Woodcroft, who he was with for a long time, and we got to know Todd here, who I, you know, I mean, he's a coach of the year finalist in 16-17. He's a well-established NHL coach. What can you say about his impact on the team, Daryl? And I, I think I, I'm not asking just tactically. I, I think that a coach has to play an important role in, okay, Dowdy's out, this guy's out, no, this guy's out, but we have to, we're not 
worrying about the guys that aren't playing. I mean, there has to be sort of that let's keep the focus and keep it on the rails here despite who's not playing. Yeah, and he did a great job early on with that. Uh, you know, as you say, that, you know, it could have been easy for, you know, the Kings to mail things in at the beginning of the year when they lost, uh, you know, Walker, Dowdy, and then Edler right off the bat. You know, arguably, you know, three of your top four defensemen are gone. And not only gone, they're gone for an extended period of time, including Walker, who missed, you know, the re remainder of the regular season. So uh, a credit to him. Uh, and I think that starts with the relationship that he's built with the veteran players, uh, guys like Kopitar, Brown, uh, Quick, Ayafalo, the guys that have been around uh, Kempe. Uh, he's earned their trust. And now when you have to sell your message to the rest of the group, a young group, you've got a lot more people on your side. Uh, he did a great job at bringing everybody together and keeping everybody together. And he also, along with his, you know, his staff, the coaches, they put together a system that the people in place could execute like you're not asking guys to do things that they're not capable of doing so that's a credit to him uh, the support and also the trust that he showed in a lot of guys that you know there's you know guys that have come up and played their first games in the NHL made a lot of mistakes in the early games but threw them right back out there right back in the fire give them a chance to be able to you know redeem themselves and and they learn each and every game and that's still the case right now even going back to last night game one of the playoffs mistakes were made but you know he still had the confidence to be able to throw those guys back out there and allow them to uh, uh, go out and uh, try and correct their mistakes. Okay, you mentioned mistakes, and you know my, we're sitting right here by the the net that uh, the Kings got the game winner on. Uh, handling mistakes when you played, how how did you do it? How did you or did you improve at it as you got older? I'm guessing you probably did. Yeah, I think you do. I think you learn from each and every one of your mistakes. I think if you look at mistakes some of the best players in the game make the most mistakes but they also make the most best plays sure. um, you know again you know as from let's say from a, a skater standpoint you're not going to skate in front of your net when you're up a goal or down a goal late in a hockey game you know that's a no no you, you should know that's a common sense type of thing but if you're trying to do something that is constructive for the team Everybody understands that uh, you know, you're trying to be a difference maker in, 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 a, in a positive way, and uh, you know different things happen. You know, your stick could break, something could happen, a guy could fall. We see pucks bounce, you know, from time to time. A anything's possible. Anything can happen out there. So, I think the pressure that the Kings put on, you know, forces you know things like that to happen. What we saw late in the game last night, and you know, again, you've got a, a player in Mike Smith that was trying to make a you know a game-changing play by getting the puck up the ice and may, you know maybe sending his team on a partial break uh, late in a hockey game that could have been a difference maker going the other way. So uh, I think you park it, you move on. Uh, you've got the support of your teammates and your coaches, and, you know, you learn from it. It's a, it's, it's what you do the next day, not uh, what happened in the last one. You can't change that. Yeah, okay. Well, Daryl, I hope I did not take away from any of your workout time. I believe your photo yesterday was uh, Winston Churchill Square right downtown, so good jump rope uh, location. A little cooler today, but I hope you find a, a good spot. I will, you know, and that was that nice little area, that uh, square. I, I was kind of running around the, the streets, and I popped back through there, and I uh, was taken by the, you know, the chessboard that was there, and there was a couple of guys who were playing backgammon, and I stood there, and I jumped rope, and I was watching with my, and it, it was a pretty good game going on there. It went right down to the wire, and it was a nice way to be able to pass time while I was watching it, but uh, I think I'll filter my way back through there. I'll probably get down uh, along the along the water today, uh, but there's, I like I like going exploring. And sometimes I get lost, but, uh, you know, I'll find my way back. <laughs> that was great to chat with Kings analyst Daryl Evans this afternoon at Rogers Place. Avalanche already up 2-0 on the Predators. The game is not yet five minutes old. Capitals lead the Panthers 3-2 with eight and a half minutes left. Penguins and Rangers will go to overtime. Stars and Flames coming up. The uh, Blue Jays are down 7-1 to the Yankees in the ninth. Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 2 tomorrow. 
I will join you for the face-off show at 6, game at 8, Oilers and Kings. And uh, the Elks will continue drafting here. They got Enoch, Maconzo, and Trey Ford, 4th and 8th overall. Morley will have the update on the morning sports run, or you can go to 630Ched.com. Thanks to the Edmonton Elks for uh, having me in their locker room today for a on-location edition of Inside Sports. I'll talk to you tomorrow for the hockey game. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.